Welcome to the Gibraltar Heritage Trust podcast series, our first one in 2023, in which we chat to new chairman Ian Balestrini. Our new chairman is no newcomer to the board, and he's held the post of chairman in the past, from 2016 to 2020. He was also vice chairman of the board from 2014 to 2016. Now reappointed chairman for a further term of office, he believes the chairman's role is to steer the board of trustees in its day-to-day pursuit in the conservation and protection of Gibraltar's heritage and accepts that although this can sometimes be a challenging and demanding task, it requires dedication and application. But it is his great interest in local heritage which he feels gives him the drive to continue the trust endeavors to achieve its aims. We catch up with him at the main guard. First of all, may I congratulate you on becoming chairman again of the Gibraltar Heritage Trust, Ian. Welcome to this podcast. You talk about legacy that has to be protected, valued and understood. We know about the protection, we know about the value, but when you talk about being understood, what is it you mean? Well, first of all, thank you for your congratulations. I think it's very important that the protection of our heritage is active. Why? Well, basically, we can't forget things. We can't forget things like this. It's very important that we maintain a sort of not pressure, but but keeping it alive in people's minds. Why? Because, I mean, look, generations come and go, and a lot of things have to be passed on and kept at the notice and the available for others that come after us. Why? Because at the end of the day, our heritage is what makes us as a people why we are Gibraltarians, why we are Janitos. And it's very important that people, our children, grandchildren and great-grandchildren know where we come from. So a question of understanding our heritage. I mean, you, you, you have made understood, you know, that word, that, that, that is an important word that we all have to kind of sit back in a sense, no? and, 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 and think, do we really understand our heritage? I, I think in in some instances we don't because I mean look the world is moving at such a fast pace now and people have different concepts of how we live but we must remember that what came before us what made us be where we are now uh, and I think it's it's imperative really that people know I mean what happened during the siege what happened after the siege, what happened during the war when 12,000 Gibraltarians were evacuated to UK and Jamaica and Madeira. It's all part of our history. It's all part of what has made us what we are. Because we all know that when the evacuees started coming back, it was a different individual that was coming back to Gibraltar. They had been exposed to the world and they knew different things which they maybe would not have perceived in, had they stayed in Gibraltar for four or five years or even longer in some cases. And I think that, that I mean, in a way, uh, was a revolution for Gibraltar because, I mean, the uh, AACR party was formed, civil rights for, for Gibraltarians. So it's all things which have developed into what we are. And, you know, even things like our language, 
recipes that grandmother, how grandmother used to make la calentita, things like that, the things which, you know, I try to pass on to my grandchildren, you know, because it's important that they do. Maybe they will never cook a calentita, but at least they know that what it is and why, you know, it's, it's, it's part of our, it's been part of our lives, really. We as Gibraltarians are extremely proud and we, we hear it very often. At every corner in Gibraltar, there is a part of history, that part of our heritage. But do we as Gibraltarians really understand that and realise the richness of our history? Not in all situations, no. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's, there's, there is, in a way, uh, a lack of knowledge and maybe, maybe in certain areas, a lack of interest. A lack of interest because it's not fostered. I mean... The school curriculums doesn't include the history of Gibraltar, but it does include, you know, the history of, of England, etc., or UK, or whatever, because of circumstances, because we follow a UK teaching curriculum, although some schools do have extra sort of lessons on, on Gibraltar history, and uh, it's they try to give a bit of a background of what, what we are. And I think it's important, I think it's important that it is there. Nowadays, with the concept of the way we live, the the speed of life, you know, how we go through our day-to-day routines, uh, we tend not to have sort of an interest or a time to sit down and say, well, yeah, let's, let's think about what happened uh, after the you know, evacuees returned. What happened in Gibraltar? Why, why did they start building a lot of uh, housing which wasn't existent then and things like that which are, I mean, it, it has been said by a lot of people, this is what formed the Gibraltarian really, I mean. Uh, and then even up to the frontier closure period as well, that changed a lot of mentalities and a lot of ways that Gibraltar does things and happen on a day-to-day basis. It was, you know, 14, 15 years of frontier closure uh, and uh, I think it, it changed the mentality of how people went, you know, through life, really. So in that, in that respect, how do you see your role? Because you said that there are people who are interested, yeah. people who are indifferent yeah. about our history, mm. and those who perhaps they got, just go by their day-to-day and really are not that interested in, in local history. So what is the role of the Trust in that? One of the roles of the Trust is to educate, make people aware, to, to expose them to our past history and heritage. Uh, and, I mean, there's various ways we do it, even with our uh, regular tours that we do for members. The idea is to, to expose them to new things and new facts about Gibraltar that maybe they weren't aware or, and to generate, foster an interest. I mean, some people might go on a, a tour of uh, the convent uh, run by Manolo Galeano, and they might, you know, inspire them to further study the history of Gibraltar or the history of the convent and, and things like that. And that's the idea. I mean, um, it, we also we also uh, are very keen in in. Uh, publishing books by local writers on history. I mean, we, we either publish them on their behalf or, or we try and help them one way or another in, in the production of the books. It's getting the, the word out 
about our history. It's, it's difficult. I mean, um, some, some years back we tried approaching the schools and some of our trustees volunteered to go and give them short presentations on the history. But they're finding the time in the school program to fit in half an hour or an hour into the, 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 the daily routine of the school was very difficult and it just, you know, petered away. Then we didn't get the response in a way. But it's uh, still there. I mean, I think it's important. Well, one of the things I would like to do this time around as chairman is that, is try and get more young people uh, involved. And I think in up to a degree, there is interest. One of my granddaughters, who's uh, very keen and she's uh, doing a lot of voluntary work for the Trust, and hopefully her friends seeing her partake in this will, will encourage them to, to join as well. So I think it's important to try and get them, you know, when they're young at, and uh, try and get, give them that inspiration you know, to, to, to get involved in, in their, their history, their heritage as well. I mean, in, indeed, awareness is a large part of, of the work that the, the yeah. Trust carries out. But you as chairman and the board of trustees have, and the staff of course here at, uh, at the main guard, have a wider remit. There is a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that perhaps people may not totally uh, be aware of, but it, it's, it's almost like a 24-hour job sometimes. It is indeed, because as you just mentioned, there's 12 trustees, we're volunteers, but we are forever involved in finding out what's going on, if there's any um, new buildings going on, if there's any demolition work going on. And I think our presence is has to be there and we have to be involved and we have to be on the ball, basically, of what's going on. Why? I mean, it's, it's another of our roles is that, is protection of our heritage. And uh, it, it, it has to be done and it is being done. And it's uh, for the you know, individual who's not... Uh, aware of the daily daily um, workings of the trust, maybe they don't realize what does happen. As you said, it's a basically a twenty-four hour job in a way uh, because it's so so much going on. Uh, obviously, uh, we can't go around sort of making you know public everything that goes on and on and on because otherwise people will get tired and, and bored. But we're here, we're here uh, every day of the week. If people want to come in, if people want to come in and have a chat, if people have a concern on anything to do with heritage that needs protection or needs to be looked at, I mean, we're here to, you know, available one of our staff members or a trustee uh, to, to hear you out. You have become chairman for a second time, so this is your second tenure. Do you think it would be different to your first tenure? And what, how do you see your role as chairman and what is it you actually want to achieve this second time around? Having done it for, I did, the last time I did it for four years. Uh, and I think those four years enabled me to gain uh, uh, experience on how things happen in Gibraltar. It also gave me, gave me a bit of confidence on how to tackle a lot of things as well which I think is important. I mean, the longer you do a job and if you're enjoying it and you, you, you get on with it, it's the more you're going to get out of it. 
And I think, you know, my first four years were an eye-opener in a way. It gave, you know, it, it put me in a situation where I could deal with, with uh, heritage problems that came up. How do I see the, the second time round? Well, I think the background I've had of, uh, I also did two years as vice chairman prior to the four years as chairman. All that is going to help me to, to maybe look at it in a different way. Because I think the role, the role of the chairman is, apart from being the sort of the leader of the board of trustees, it's also trying to perceive the way that the um, Heritage Trust can, can go forward. I think it's important that we have, a, uh, we create a certain amount, uh, an objective to work to. And the chairman's role in that is to either establish an objective or work with the trust to establish uh, objectives. And, and that is a way I think that you know, my, my next role uh, as chairman is going to develop, basically. You know, uh, now, as, as uh, maybe uh, listeners are not aware, but the, um, the normal period of uh, tenure for chairman and vice chairman or trustees has been two years. Uh, but the trust now is we're now working to change it to three years to give a, a longer sort of uh, period of activity for trustees and chairman, vice chairman. So really, uh, I'm now sort of working towards a three-year tenure this time round, which by then it would have been nine years as between vice chairman and chairman. God willing, I'll be around in three years. And I probably, probably then step down as, as chairman, having having done nine years. Well, that's a, a long time to a long time, a long time, time to come yes, still. Yes. What is it you want to achieve this time around, Ian? My main aim is perception, perception from the individual on in the street of what our heritage is and what it means to all of us, not only trustees and members of the Trust, Gibraltarians and non-Gibraltarians who live in Gibraltar. But at the end of the day, uh, there are many now, uh, and they have to uh, live and realise what Gibraltar is and what Gibraltar was in the past. And this is my, my main aim, that people are aware, that people have pride in our heritage as well. Uh, and we all sort of work, I mean, towards it. I mean... Not work, but we have a uh, pride, uh, a sense of it's ours, and we look after it. Well, the, the sentence that you you've used, and I think we we will link it to your tenure, if you like, in the in the next three years, is our heritage is your heritage because our heritage belongs to all of us. That's correct. That's right. That's the way I see it. I think it's important that it, that is you know people are aware of that and people know where we're going and why. Working with the government and working with NGOs, uh, the Heritage Trust works on its own, but also mm. works alongside all these other yeah. departments, and yeah. especially the His Heritage Department, yeah, which is a relatively yeah. new, really. Very new, yes, yes. That was instigated, I'm not mistaken, after the last election. It's a very small government department, but um, I must say that the working relationship between the Trust and the Ministry for Heritage 
is excellent. The, the rapport is there, we work together, we, we interchange information, we consult each other, and, it's, and I think it's important. It's, it's also a, a channel of access to the Minister for Heritage, uh, with whom we also have a, a, a good working relationship as well. Uh, and in respect to the other NGOs, I think mainly it's we work with um, GONS and ESG uh, on on uh, tasks or projects or, or problems of mutual uh, interest. Of course, the most recent one is is Roger Bay. Roger Bay, uh, and I think it's important uh, that you know uh, the, the bigger the voice and uh, the different groups getting together with a common aim, I think it's important to, for all of us to achieve or try to achieve our, our objectives. That is still an ongoing project, that is one that is very much in the minds yeah. of, of the Heritage Trust. Yeah. Really. Rosa Bay has been in the mind uh, of the Trust for many years now and uh, there's been various different plans for it, there's been various uh, expressions of interest for it and nothing is really happened happened uh, for a few years now and the unfortunate thing is that especially the the pier the the mole itself is starting to deteriorate and you know uh, as a consequence of, of the weather and uh, and the main fear is that it's totally lost um, the NGOs uh, together with the trust have expressed our views to government, to the Ministry of Heritage, um, and it's, uh, although uh, the main problem, obviously, like a lot of things uh, nowadays, is finance, uh, and it's trying to find a solution which is uh, financially viable and uh, hopefully at the same time protects Rosa Bay, uh, historic value and its heritage value as well. But uh, yes, it's one that's ongoing, and uh, I think it will be ongoing for for a while now before you know somebody comes up with uh, an idea. What are the main concerns of the Heritage Trust, and what other projects do you see that we yeah. should be involved in and are in, involved yeah. in? Looking at the at the wide picture, it's. Uh, main concern is that our heritage is preserved, going back to where we started this. We are really guardians of we are, we are, heritage. We are. According to the Heritage and Antiquities Act of 2018, our function is to advise government on heritage matters. So we are basically, in a way, the watch, watchdogs. I mean, if we see anything which is destroying our heritage, it's up to us to make people aware of it, whether it's government or whoever, and try to stop it, I mean, or prevent it happening. At the moment, as it is, uh, there's various projects that we're involved in. We're involved with Withams, cemetery restoration work. We're also involved with Lord Airy's battery in the Upper Rock, uh, restoration of the 9.2-inch gun. Uh, and there's either other smaller projects which we're working on and developing as we go along. It's going back. It's finding the support needed for the project. Uh, is the finance involved? Is costs involved? And nowadays everything is, is related to costs. You can't do anything without having to pay for something. 
so it's, it's a point of trying to fundraise to, to enable us to carry out some projects. So it's a, an ongoing thing, really, is trying to do things which are beneficial to our heritage conservation, preservation, uh, at the time, same time being realistic and doing what we can afford, because at the end of the day, we, we are a registered charity. We have to depend on, on uh, yeah, uh, donations and contributions from, from various sources. That is very important, which is why you're keen to increase the membership as well Precisely. and bring on board youngsters. Precisely. I mean, uh, although the, the membership now, I think, stands in oh, just over 600, obviously the more members we have, the more the contribution we, we receive uh, in respect of subscri- annual subscriptions. But at the same time, we also have, the more people we have, is the better support we have from, from the public, really, because they become members, and in a way, they, they become active and aware of, through our newsletters, podcasts, etc., of what the Trust is doing. So, you know, it's important as well that we do maintain and foster a subscription membership going, really, that we don't lose members. On the contrary, we should try and increase our membership, which I think people are, are responding to that. We, we are noticing a slight increase on people joining, which is good. Can't let you go without asking you about a project that you, you have called a cultural, cultural and social heritage it's something that uh, you have close to your heart. What is it you want to actually achieve with this? Well, this is something which, um, without giving a lot away yet, because it is an early stage, but it's something that uh, has been in the back of my mind for a few years now. It's a way to commemorate Gibraltarians which in their lives have contributed to what Gibraltar is now, to a history, to a cultural history, social history, political history, and it's to have them uh, remembered in a in a way. But I think it's a quite a unique and interesting way, which, without giving away more details, I think people will appreciate once, if hopefully we do get it off the ground, uh, people will appreciate it and think it's uh, a worthwhile project. Well, we'll have to come back to that project in the not-too-distant future. Not-too-distant future. And, and yes. you must tell us more about it. I but will. just, just as, a, as, as a final question, why is it important that people support the Gibraltar Heritage Trust, in your view? In supporting the Trust, you're supporting your heritage, and in supporting the Trust, they are uh, helping to protect and conserve our heritage, which is very important and is what has made the Gibraltarian what we are. Ian, thank you very much. Thank you. The new chairman of the Gibraltar Heritage Trust, Ian Balestrino. This podcast series is presented and produced by me, Alice Mascareñas, as a trustee, together with Chief Executive Claire Montado for the Gibraltar Heritage Trust. Original music is by Guy Valarino. The Gibraltar Heritage Trust offices can be found at the Main Guard at 13 John McIntosh Square. Opening hours, Monday to Friday, 9am to 3pm, and Saturdays, 9am to 1pm. You can contact the Trust 
on 200 42844 or check out the website gibraltarheritagetrust.org.gi This podcast is from the Gibraltar Heritage Trust. Remember, until the next time, keep a watchful eye on heritage.